welcome to the conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason. This is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. Uh, today we have a treat for you. This is actually the recording of the session that I did at the most recent Heaven and Business conference here in Redding, California, around kingdom business. And uh, if you've heard anything in the last few months, it's that the kingdom of God is literally the key to everything going on in the world right now. And most of us don't have a full understanding of what that is. So what I've been on is a journey of literally understanding what is the kingdom of God? How does it work? How does it apply? How do I grow in that? And so this session, you are going to get what I've learned and really is uh, some connections back to wrestling, mindsets, shifting, uh, some real life stories of uh, my own journey of learning this, understanding this and realizing so much is limited by our beliefs. So I trust you'll enjoy it. Uh, make sure that you share it, add your questions or comments, or if you have any further comments, please don't hesitate to contact me, Andy at heaveninbusiness.com. Have a great week. Welcome to Kingdom Business. 2,000 years ago, Jesus reestablished a kingdom, but he'd been talking about that since the book of Genesis. It's a, this is not new. It's not a new thought. Jesus did not come to establish a Christian club where you paid dues. He came to reestablish a kingdom of citizens in which you are all kings and priests. So stop playing church club and go have dominion, go make disciples and go turn chaos into beauty. That's what we called to do. So the last 12 months, I've just been feeding myself on the best resources that I know on the kingdom of God. So I choose to stay a novice. I am a learner. I am learning about the kingdom of God. I'm learning how that applies to business. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Say that with me. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Mark 1:16. And Jesus spent the rest of his life laying it out re-establishing, this is what it's about, re-establishing the original mandate, Genesis 1. Let us make man in our image. That's what God did. And then God said, and let them, this is, this is a mandate, let them, what? Have dominion. Let them have dominion. You have a dominion mandate. So what is that? I'm going to go out and control people? No. Go back and read it. It had nothing to do with people. but everything to do with the planet and what it really means is to make beautiful. I love how Reverend Timothy Keller puts it. He says, God made the world not as a warrior who digs a trench. That's all your performance-based business religion. A warrior who digs a trench, but as an artist who creates a masterpiece. Turn chaos into beauty. I love it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on where? On, on where? So many of us have been focusing so much on heaven, we forget what it's all about. It's about earth. A kingdom come on earth. This is not about surviving until you get skipped off the planet. This is about making the earth beautiful, a full display of the kingdom of God. Where? On earth. So let's get busy, people, because we've got a job to do. 
Are, are you getting a little bit stirred up already? Okay. Everything I talk about this morning has a purpose and has a context. Are you ready? So this is my son. This is Ben Mason. I have three beautiful daughters, 21-year-old author, a 19-year-old who's studying industrial labor relations, wants to be a lawyer, so be careful. I've got a 15-year-old daughter who wants to study psychology and law and get into justice and defending family. And in the middle there, I've got a boy. And he's not threatened by his sisters, but he has a lot less words. A couple of years ago, he took up a sport. He's always loved sport. He took up the sport of wrestling. Wrestling's not a big sport in New Zealand. Any wrestlers in the room? Or once were? Marines, you're always a Marine. Wrestlers, you were a wrestler. What I understand is <laughs> there's an age that you don't go there anymore. So Ben took up wrestling. His first season he did as a sophomore. Uh, the second season, the first week of practice, he broke his wrist but chose to stay a part of the team all year because he's a commitment and he builds the, he's got character, like, oh my gosh, I want to grow up and be like that. The character, the integrity, he served, he was there early, he was there late, doing all that he could, though he could not wrestle. And then last year was the crazy COVID year, they got a little bit of wrestling in. This year was his first full season as a senior. And he would wrestle and lose, and wrestle and lose. He's putting in developing this skill, developing this strength. Like, like, I don't know anybody that works hard on what he needs to work on than he is. So skill, strength, stamina, and speed. He's been working on all of those diligently all year long. He's a good Christian boy doing what he needs to do. We got that part. But there's one thing that's missing. He'd walk onto the mat and he'd already lost in his head. Remember what we said? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at where? At hand. Jesus came, reestablished a kingdom. Then he says, repent and believe the gospel, which is what? Change your thinking and align your thinking to what God has said about you. Otherwise, you will never access the kingdom. Bring this back to Ben. Strength, skill, speed, stamina, all of those things, but the one thing that was missing was in his head until last week. Something happened in the last few weeks where my wife had a conversation with him, the coach had a conversation with him. It's all about what you believe. Ben, when you walk onto the mat, you've got to believe that you carry this. You've got to believe that you're a citizen of the kingdom. You've got to believe that you have the fullness of God dwelling in you. You've got to believe that your, your work, your business is not a second-class calling, but you have the fullness of God operating, dwelling in you wherever you are, that you carry salt, light, and leaven Everywhere you go, adds color, adds light, and causes things to rise. But if you don't believe that, it's no matter how much scripture, meditation, fasting, prayer that you do, you'll never access it because of belief. So Ben responded about three weeks ago, and he started to step onto the mat differently. Last week was the Northern California District Championships. The week before, 
he had come second in his just his division. So there's about four or five different divisions in his weight class. He came second to one guy. That was the last time he stepped on the mat when he'd already lost in his head. He wrestled that guy. He lost in the first round. There's three rounds of two minutes. He lost points in the first round and he never recovered them enough. But by the second round and the third round, he started to realize, I could beat this guy. I could beat this guy. I'm stronger. I'm faster. I have stamina. I'm speed. And I believe that I can beat this guy. He lost that match. The referee patted him on the, sh- patted him on the shoulder as he went to leave and said, I'm really looking forward to you seeing you wrestle that guy next week. The referee. Last week, Northern California Championships, he's ranked number three. All week long, something shifted. You can see it in him. Because he, now he's walking in it. He's walking in it, the way of life. He's walking it. Remember, it's repent and believe. He goes up against number seed two, the guy that beat him the last week, cleanly disposes of him. He goes up in the final with a guy that's ranked way better than Ben. Now, if you understand anything about wrestling, it's usually points. You score points, they score points. And it's backwards and forwards. Second round, Ben pinned him. It's like I'm folding you up, I'm putting you in an envelope, and I'm sending you back to your mummy. Now, that's a little bit of dad coming through there, just so you can filter that. It was, I was pumped. Like, it was, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. What's the point? It's like, come on. Are you, what's this got to do with kingdom business? Everything, everything. Because you can do everything, and if you don't believe, you'll never access it. Because you're living less than rather than standing. God, change my thinking to align with who you say I am how you see me in the marketplace, how you see me in that workplace, that I will not live less than who you called me to be. I will sit at the table, not more than, but not less than who you've called me to be. I sit in my place. My identity, my security, my significance comes from your presence. God is with me. I will not be afraid. So I walk into his bedroom and I see on his whiteboard, I am a champion wrestler. I can beat anyone I put my mind to. I can escape from anyone. I am going to state. I wrestle for the glory of God. I can take down anyone. I'm like, whose boy is that? Are you see? What is this? Is this, as someone was saying on Sunday, is this name it and claim it, blab it and grab it? No. Your words create worlds. And what you speak over yourself, what you feed yourself with is what will manifest around you. What are you saying of yourself? Well, I don't do that stuff. That's crazy charismatic. No, you're crazy if you don't say, this is who God says I am. Though I am weak, I am strong. Though I am poor, I am rich. The Bible is full of it. If you're not sure, just read the Bible and say that over your life. And just don't say anything else. 
I am a champion wrestler. Come on with me. You can help me. I can beat anyone. Come on. Come on. I can escape from anyone. I am going to state. I will wrestle for the glory of God. I can take down anyone. It's like you want to just break out in tongues right now. And then we found this scripture. Have you read this scripture? Psalm 144, the wrestling version. (laughs) Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for takedowns, my fingers for escapes, who pins peoples under me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm about to go Pentecostal on you. Are you catching this? They're driving right now down to the state championships. Here's here's the deal. I get to be with you. You're welcome. He's there's 40 boys in his weight class. He's ranked 35 of 40. Three days ago, he wasn't ranked at all. I'm like, oh, come on, come on. Every single one, it's like, you just go disrupt them. What's the point? I know who I am. I know what I can do. I am ready for this. I was born for this. I can beat anybody. And if I don't, nothing changes. Where is that in the Bible? Whether these three guys, and they stood up for what they knew was the kingdom of God. They said, we will not bow down to this demonically inspired influence. And they got chucked in the fire. And they said, oh, king, all due respect to you, we will not bow down to you because God will deliver us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, we're not backing down. That's when you know that you know that you know that you've got something. My strength and my security and my identity is not in my bank balance, my strategic plan, how many scriptures I can quote. My strength, my security is in who God made me to be. I'm a child of God. I'm a citizen of a kingdom. I have access to unlimited resources. I may not be experiencing it right now, but that's where my source comes from because this kingdom has been established. It's right here now. Now the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, I don't believe it. I don't care what you believe. That's what Jesus did. So just catch up with what Jesus said. Now, to repent, change our thinking and believe. I love it what Smith Wigglesworth said. Smith Wigglesworth, turn of the, like the 1800s, early 1900s, he was a plumber who had a stutter. Like, you gotta love that. Could God use a plumber with a stutter? Absolutely. Phenomenal healing ministry. And he said, God wanted you so badly, he made the condition so simple. Only believe. I'm a shepherd by trade, friend of God by occupation. Who do you think you are? Friend of God. Who do you think, who do you, think you are to do that? You, you better take that up with God because I'm just going to do what he says I'm going to live out what he says. I'm going to walk the best that I know how. I'm a novice, which gives me room to make mistakes and learn along the way. Because I'm 48, but this thing's been around for 2,000 years since Jesus and perhaps another 6,000 years when before that, when we read about Genesis. So I'm like a fraction of this. 
but I know that I've got eternity to grow and to learn. So welcome to the journey. Turn to the person beside you and just say, welcome to the kingdom. So I just started asking the question, what's the kingdom business? Is it, uh, is it we don't open on Sundays? Is that a kingdom business? Is it Guinness, the beer company? Like, oh, it shouldn't be that. They did more godly, godly leaders, Arthur Guinness, did more to impact the social status of Ireland than the government of Ireland. Powerful. Read the stories. Search for God and Guinness is the book. Is it this company here on the right-hand side that goes into a country and changes economies and writes the Global Prosperity Index, equipping nations, but they're not a Christian company? Is it this one on the left-hand side, stole a fireplace manufacturing company that shifts its culture that's starting to shape a town where they live? Is it, is it a pizza company that prays over the dough and sees people get healed? Is that a kingdom company? How do you know? Is it a wine cellar where the wine was going off, it was going bad, and the owner walks in, can smell it fermenting rotten compared to fermenting to wine? And so he has this inspired thought. Jesus laid hand on the sick and they were healed. So I'm going to lay hands on the wine and see it get healed. He puts his hand into the vat of rotten fermenting grapes every day for seven days. And then it turned and it became the most high quality wine winning awards. And they called it Lazarus. <laughs> is, is, is that a kingdom business? What is a kingdom business? Well, we've got to start on the same page. So I go back, and what I do is I, I read through these people that I'm being mentored by. I'm being mentored by Miles Monroe and Stanley Jones and Jack Taylor, and I'm so grateful for their influence. You read this book, The Cosmic Initiative. Sounds a little bit fruity, but it's actually quite substantial. And he writes in the introduction to us as we're reading as you're reading this, I want you to know that I've been praying for you. I'm like, dang, Jack Taylor's praying for me. This is going to be good. So what is a kingdom business? What does it look like? Here we go. It's the administration and operating system of Jesus. The administration and operating system of Jesus. The iOS, the internal operating system. Anyone got an iPhone? Every single year they give you a new upgrading the operating system. This is this ongoing operating system that we're getting upgraded until we're in the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. It is an ongoing process. If someone comes to you and says, I'm an expert in the kingdom of God, walk away. This is an ongoing process. It's the operating system. It's also the administration. It's the way that he governs. It's the government of God. Not like any government that you know on earth. Nothing like what's on earth. Even the best government on earth is dysfunctional because it got you and me as a part of it. But the government of God is how he operates, how he rules, how he reigns. It is now and it is increasing until the fullness of time. And we got work to do. And what does it do? It gives me power of a sin. Power of a sins means moral excellence. It's doing what's right. Power over systems, cultural systems. Human health systems, HR recruitment systems, 
every kind of system, the kingdom of God is superior. And it gives power over Satan. Literally crush him under your feet. Go back to Genesis 1. What does it say? And let them have dominion over the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, everything, and everything that creeps on the ground. Remember, what was it that came to Adam? A snake. What does a snake do? Creeps on the ground. So you have authority and dominion over every creepy thing. Power over Satan. Power over the spirit realm. Atmospheric excellence. When you walk into a room, it shifts and changes. Why? Because you operate the kingdom of God. You have a superior reality in you. You carry the prince of peace. So everywhere you leave, you should leave footprints of peace. You walk into a place that's anxiety-filled, and you carry a superior reality, peace. What should be the result? Peace. Unless... I'm believing something inferior. Are we tracking? So we talked about this. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us, unto who? Unto us. Isn't that the coolest gift ever? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And then it says this. And what shall be on his shoulders? The government, that's the administration, that's the kingdom. She'll be on whose shoulders? On his shoulders. On his shoulders. Remember the story where uh, that Joshua and the Israelites are entering the promised land and, you know, they're getting ready to fight. Like he's getting ready to, they've been sharpening their swords for 40 years. Like, like they're ready. My parents, they screwed it up because... They did not believe. Remember that. They did not believe. But here's Joshua and the boys, and I'm sure there were some females involved in the process, but that, these boys in this story, they're getting ready. They're sharpening their swords. And Joshua goes out. He's a bit nervous, and he's, and he's like going out to pray. And then this angel shows up, but it looks like a warrior. And Joshua says, so are you on their side or on my side? What does the angel respond? Neither. I'm not on your side or your opponent's side. I'm on the Lord's side. So get in line. So many of us are looking for whose side? Are you going to vote for this? Vote for that? Do that? Do this? Whose side's God's on? Get on His side. It's the smartest thing we can do. Like, beat unto me according to your word. Powerful way to pray. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His shoulder, not mine, not yours, his shoulder. And then it goes on, it says this, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isn't that awesome? What does that mean? Whatever you're facing right now, it's not finished. Uh, people say, oh my gosh, have you looked at what's going on in America? It's terrible. And it's like, dude, shut up and read your Bible of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. There is no threat to the kingdom of God. That's not just a cool, cute song that we sing. He has no arrival and no equal. He's just waiting for us to catch up and believe it. So his kingdom is advancing. Well, it looks dark outside. 
We'll turn the lights on. Well, where's the light switch? It's on the inside of you. It's not this little light of mine. It's a flipping big halogen, and his name is Jesus, and he wants to get out. And would we just get with the program? What do we need to do? Repent and believe. So a couple of things. Can you build kingdom principles without connection? Can you build kingdom and kingdom into a business without connection with the king? We could have a vote on this, and people would say yes, no. The, the truth is I can operate principles, period. Yes, you can. You can build a kingdom-principled business, but here's, here's what I know. Why would you? Why would you operate principles without, without connection to the king? That's the power source. A couple of things will happen. One, you'll build according to you because you're at the center of it, and that's really dumb. And secondly, because you're at the center of it, your dysfunction will ultimately take over. That's kind of bummer on two counts. It'd be like trying to renovate your house or build a new house with no architect and no contractor and probably no hammer. <laughs> it's your own ability. Why would you do that? Because we're invited into something so much greater. Repent and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. So don't build on your own. Build with the king. It's all about the relationship with him. So what does this practically look like? Four questions to help you know, am I building a kingdom business? So kingdom, the kingdom of God is the administration and the operating system of Jesus. Gives me power over sin, moral excellence. Gives me power over systems, which is cultural excellence. Gives me power over Satan, which is dominion in the atmosphere. Those, that's standard. I love Romans 16, 19. What does it say? Be excellent at what is good. Be innocent of evil, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Power of a sin, power of a systems, power of a Satan. It's right there. It's all through the book again and again and again. So four questions for you to know. Am I living this? We said what the kingdom is. Business is just a simple vehicle by which we add value to others. It's neither good nor bad. It's actually, I think it's really, really good. When we're inside it, everything becomes good. Why? Because you're like you launder, you make clean everything you touch. Why? That's what Jesus did. Touch the lepers, the lepers became clean. I come inside a business and the business is better because I'm inside it. Why? Because I have this ever increasing kingdom on the inside of me that's increasing throughout all eternity. What does that look like? I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. So let's go out and do it together. Are you connected? Is it right? Is it noble? Where's the power? Number one is my connection to the king. So how connected are you? Uh, I've been married for 23 years this year. 23 years this year. That's pretty cool. I married really, really well, as did Patrice, my friend Patrice. His wife's here at this weekend. Now, uh, we were married and I was working out and I, I kind of some, read some book where you've got to kind of work towards connection and everything a husband does with his wife is, is basically building connection. So I'd get up in the morning and I'd work all day to build my connection with her and, and hopefully get to whatever standard that is that seemed to be so much out there. And finally, my wife says to me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm working on getting connected. She said, Andy, when we got married, we're connected. 
the default is connected. Somehow my brain, my default was disconnected. So I have to work on getting connected all day long. And then you start again the next day. And then you screw it up. And so you go backwards 10 steps and it's like a bank account. No, she taught me truth. The truth is the default is connected. Stay connected. It's really about are you present? I'm running around trying to do things for Jesus. I'm trying to get connected. Stop it. Would you just stand still and realize undeserved love and the power to transform any situation? That's the grace of God. He calls me higher, calls me, but I'm already loved, adored, connected. When I wake up in the morning, I'm already loved, accepted, adored, and connected. God is with me. I'm not afraid. That's the default position. Then I get to live from connection, not for connection. Then all throughout the day, I'm continuing to enhance that as I stay present, aware of my wife and of what the Lord's leading me to. Otherwise, I end up building the biggest kingdom business on the planet. We have kingdom business t-shirt, kingdom business products, kingdom business metaverse, kingdom business social media page, kingdom business cookies. We even have kingdom business water. And, and we stand before him and he goes, well, I don't know what you did with that kingdom business stuff, but I don't even know you. But, but I, no, we gave away a million dollars. We raised the dead. This is the Bible, by the way. And he says, depart from me. I don't know you. If you don't know him, not connected, not present, that's everything. I could change the world and lose everything if I don't have this connection with him. The greatest privilege of humanity is to become a friend of God, host his presence, lean in, grow. How do I become a friend of God? That's number one. Actually, I think it's number zero. And you never stop. It never stops. If you've been married for anything more than six minutes, it never stops. You're continually growing and learning and investing. And our relationship with Jesus is the same. Number two, is it right? Is it right? Uh, power over sin is moral excellence. Is it right? Well, I can get away with it. I don't care whether you can get away. Well, legally we can do. I don't care whether legally you can do that and get away with it. Is it right? If you want to operate in a kingdom business, do what is right. So what does that look like? Uh, we're currently renovating the bathrooms in our house to sell the property. It's like, oh my gosh, they're looking the best they've ever looked. They come in, they tear apart all of the tile. They're going to put new shower, new bath, new everything in there. Thank Jesus, I've got the right people doing it. And they come in and they lift off the old toilet and they're going to put a new toilet there. And I'm thinking, really cool. Then the contractor calls me, says, Andy, come and have a look at this. And we look at the toilet where they've removed it and you can see some stains under the toilet where there'd been a leak at some point. And he said, look at this rubber flange. You can see it was slightly off and there's been a leak at some stage. And he goes, there's tile on the floor. Now, what we don't know is whether that leak has got into the wood and has damaged the wood. But you've already signed the disclosures and without actually knowing, you can actually probably get away with saying that you don't know, so you can't say it was or it wasn't. 
Or we could rip up the tiles and make a mess and have to check it out. Or you could go under the house and, and check it out. But once you've checked it out, if it's rotten, you're going to have to replace it. If you don't check it out, you don't know. I know nothing. If you do, you're going to have to do something about it. So what do you want to do, Andy? Oh, dang it. Is it right? I can get away with it. Is it right? What's that? That's that conscience. So yesterday, I go under the house. I pull out the insulation under the, under the floor. It's poopy. And I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. I've got a long screwdriver because I've seen the inspector shove the screwdriver into the wood. So I, I can know how to do that. But it's all dry. It's okay. And I did wash my hands. It's okay. And I put the screwdriver in. It's hard. There's not a problem. It, the, the wood is rock solid. Yes. Is it right? Yes, it is. What's the point? If I'm going to operate in the kingdom, I've got to do what's right, not what I can get away with. The kingdom is a higher standard, not a lower standard. Grace doesn't mean you get away with cheap, small, easy, whatever it is. Grace is a higher standard. It's the undeserved love of Jesus and the power to transform any situation. Is it right? Uh, when I was working in the bank uh, back in New Zealand, I had a client come to me and say, we want you to fund this deal. Uh, it was farming cows and they would get them pregnant the normal way with cattle and then they would take the, the pregnant cow through to just before full gestation and then they would kill the cow and harvest the calf for blood for the cosmetic industry. Anybody wearing cosmetics? Okay, don't, let's not stay there. So I was invited to fund that deal. You go, oh my gosh, stay focused. It was someone that I had a really good relationship with. They're good people. I, so I go to the bank and I say, look, uh, if people find out about this and what's going on really, it's probably, it's, it's not going to look good. You know, where, where's the bank stand on this? The bank comes back and they say, well, it doesn't break any of our ethical boundaries. You decide. I'm like, I don't want to decide. I want somebody else to decide for me. And I don't want to upset these people. I want to say that they told me I shouldn't do it. But the core of it, I just stand there and make a decision. Will I follow my conscience or will I go what the easy route is? And the easy route is to say yes and just go with the crowd. So I had to say, no, I won't do this deal. And my competitor did in a heartbeat. But I walk away with a clear conscience. Are you catching this? Lord, heal our conscience. Restore our conscience. Where we've just done things because we could get away with it or no one really knew or was following the crowd, forgive us and cause us to stand up and do what's right. Number one, is it right? Number two, is it noble? Uh, I love this. Is The kingdom of God gives you power over systems. Uh, as a church, globally, I think we're focused on power over sin, moral excellence, and we're focused on power over Satan to different, different degrees, but we've ignored power over systems. Every single system of the earth is inferior to the kingdom of God. Your health system, your nutritional system, the systems in your business, the planning, every single aspect, the systems in your city, 
the way that you drive your vehicles. It's systems. The universe is full of systems. We even call it the solar system. The kingdom of God is superior to every single one. And when the kingdom of God touches your system, it upgrades it. But there's a part for us to play in this. So I've got to ask the questions. So is my, is my HR policy, is it noble? Well, I can get away with it and everyone else does it. I don't care. Is that what we should be paying people? Well, it's the minimum wage and I'm a Christian company. <laughs> no comment. Does it lead to life? Not what you can get away with, but is it right? Does it lead to life and is it for all? What does that look like? You know, some of our internal systems need to be adjusted. About a year and a half ago, I got some feedback from my wife that I was honoring and preferring my friend who I loaned some money to more than I was listening to my wife. I didn't think it was a big deal until I ended up sleeping in a separate bedroom for a week and started to realize, I think this is a big deal, but I'm not really sure what the deal is. <laughs> we, is anybody else like, oh my gosh, Jesus. So we get to meet with a counselor and within 30 minutes, the counselor puts her hand on my knee and says, oh honey, when was the first time someone told you you're codependent? I'm like, what? What? Like, this is, what? It's that I'm not okay if you're not okay. So I've got all these people. Isn't that the Christian thing to do? You know, David got all these despondent, disillusioned, broken down, dysfunctional people around him and, and feeds into them because that's what Christians do, right? No. No. <laughs> Some of you are getting triggered because I said codependent. <laughs> no, a kingdom business is not a codependent business. I'm okay if you're not okay. Actually, I'm completely okay. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I love you. I will serve you. But if you're going to like have that fit on the middle of the shop floor, I will call the police and have you removed. And I'm okay with that because I have boundaries because I have built an internal system that is more secure now and who God's made me to be rather than everybody else's upsetness around me. You are going to upset people. Get over it. The more that you lead, the more you stand up as godly, the more people are going to get upset with you and accuse you of all sorts of things. And you just say, I'm okay if you're not okay. Actually, probably don't say that out loud because that could cause... <laughs> But we need these systems changed inside of us. So that's me system through to one of those companies I showed. There's systems of poverty, systemic poverty. There's systems of disease. So this company saw and read about a certain disease in an African country that caused blindness. It's caused by a worm, a single worm that somehow causes blind, river blindness. And there's a single pill that kills the worm, and it's 50 cents. So the business says, why don't we do something about it? Why isn't someone doing something about this? But it's not popular, and the crowd's not doing it. It's not where all the funding's for. So they said, well, let's do something. So they gather other business people, go down there, and they raise some funding to give that simple pill to every single person in the population and over a seven-year period, consistent over time, 
they break the life cycle of the worm that causes blindness and eradicate a tropical disease out of an entire country. I like, I love the healing rooms. It's like, hey, someone got healed. Hey, someone got their eyes. Awesome. What'd you do? Well, I just eradicated a tropical disease out of an entire country. <laughs> and they had leftover money. And with the leftover money, 25,000 people got cataract surgery and got their sight back. That is the kingdom on dis- Is it a kingdom business? I don't know, but that's the kingdom. Why? Power of systems. Eradicating systems of dysfunction, disease, despondency, despair, and bringing systems that lead to life. How do you know? Just go back. Walk through the systems in your business and in your life. Is this leading to life? Next time I pick up that sugar and fat cookie, is this going to lead to life? <laughs> Can I have an alternative opinion? Are, we, are you tracking with me? And number three, power of a sin, moral excellence, power of a systems, cultural excellence. You got the kingdom. Number three, power of a Satan, spiritual excellence, spiritual dominance. What does that mean? That every single citizen of the kingdom of God should be asking the question, where's the power? Where is the power? You know where it's lacking? In our belief, because we're trying to perform something rather than recognize the fullness of God dwells in me. If my last name was Buffett and my dad was Warren, (laughs) you would expect me naturally to understand business because it runs in the family. Well, God is your father. Jesus is your older brother. And what runs in the family is healing. What runs in the family is deliverance. What runs in the family is healing Leprosy, skin condition, it's, it's casting out demons. It runs in the family. These signs follow them that believe. Who, who are the ones that believe? The citizens of the kingdom. So where's the problem? It's in our thinking. So, well, how do I work it out? Just experiment. You're a business person. That's the beauty of business. Is it going to work? I don't know. Stop talking about it. Let's try it. So we were in Atlanta about a month ago. Uh, with a bunch of women doing an executive retreat and Catherine and Dorothy with me. And there's a woman there and she, I can't remember whether it was a word of knowledge or someone just asked her, hey, do you need prayer for anything? And she said, yeah, I've got a smashed ankle. 20 years earlier, she was in a horrific car accident and it smashed her ankle, her right ankle. It was so bad that they thought they would have to amputate it. So in the end, they don't amputate and they, she has 13 surgeries over 19 months. They had an external skeleton on her leg. I think that's where they screwed on the outside to hold it in place. They, they end up putting a rod down her shin bone and fusing the ankle on a slight angle so that she could wear women's footwear. You work that out. What that's meant is in the last 20 years, she still she can move, but she has pain. She can't dance and she can't walk with flat with without shoes on because her foot's fused in an angle. 
So the team pray for her. Why? Because it's normal. It's normal for kingdom business, for people to get healed. It's just normal. It's normal for you to walk in here one way and walk out different because stuff changes. They pray for her. And Well, did you notice any change? Oh, no, it's still the same. No, no, don't look at whether it's healed or not. Has something changed? And she goes back, checks it, and she goes, actually, I have a little bit of movement. And then we pray a second time, and the team say, well, what else could you not do before? She goes, well, I can't walk barefoot. So she takes her boot off, one of those high boots, and she walks barefoot in the kitchen. She's totally in her head, like totally talking away, not realizing what's happened. She's walking along the kitchen, flat foot, walk back, and then suddenly sits down, hands over her face, and starts sobbing. And then she takes her hands off. She goes, you've got to know this. I'm a people pleaser. I could be pretending, but I'm not pretending. <laughs> Isn't that's just she goes up, she goes, does tiptoes. She hasn't done that in 20 years. She goes home and texts the team that she started running again. Where's the power? It's a legitimate question. Ask the question and ask it of yourself. Well, how do I know? When was the last time I took a risk, prayed for someone, stretched it out? Uh, here's another one. Last week, so this is last week, I met with a couple that own a staffing company. The staffing company's been through a real tough time in the last 12 months. And so they're like, we're just not even sure if we're going to make it. We think we may have to lay off some staff. We're back down to the minimum that we need. We've got 10 bids out to different national companies and we need at least two of them to say yes. And we're just not even sure it's God. Like, perhaps God's got something else. My identity is not tied to my business. It may be that God's got something else for us, but I need to know. So we go through due diligence. That's asking the questions, are you doing your part? Having done all stand? Most Christians are just standing. Well, do your part first, having done all. And so we go through, yes, 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 yes. They're doing all that they know to do in their own ability. Well, there's one thing left. Let's pray. So we write down what we need to see, what we're believing for. God, we need you to come through on this. We're asking for two new clients by the end of the week. That was Tuesday. We get off the call and there's a text five minutes later. Hey, Andy. Before we got off the call, we got word back from one of the proposals that's been accepted as $350,000. That's a good call, by the way. Good call. Your response is underwhelming. <laughs> the next day, how many are we believing for? Two. Lord, help us. We're doing our part. Now, Lord, show what you can do. Next day, within 24 hours, $2 million deal. By the end of last week, $10 million in deals. I'm not hearing much from them now because they're scrambling to employ more people to deliver. I think God's saying, yes, I'm in this. Go get busy until I return. Feed the sick. No, feed the poor, isn't it? Feed the sick. Feed the sick as well. They'd appreciate it. 
go and preach the gospel, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And like the kingdom of God is at hand. So turn to the person beside you and look in their eyes and just say, welcome to the kingdom. The time is fulfilled. It's not tomorrow. I'm not waiting for something. It's now. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is right here. It is right here. So hold your hands up. The kingdom of God. Look at your hands. The kingdom of God is at hand. Just look at that hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's now. So what do I, what do you need to repent of, and what do you need to believe? Father, forgive me for believing less than. Father, forgive me for shrinking back and hiding and calling myself a Christian company and being okay with X revenue or X employees. You never told me to stop. Forgive me for false humility and living less than, smaller than what you've called me to. I choose to let go of the shackles and recognize that the kingdom of God is advancing and I'm a part of it, so we're going to be advancing as well. Father, forgive me where I've settled. Forgive me where I've been safe. And I choose right now to step out of that thinking and step back into the fullness of your kingdom, which is always advancing, all victorious, has no rival, no equal. Just as you're sitting there, What's one thing that you will do that God's putting his finger? Maybe it's something you need to make right. Maybe it's a system that you've ignored because it's okay, but you need to pay attention to that the kingdom of God come here. And maybe it's stepping out and actually believing for the impossible in your business, in your, in your marriage, in your life, in your community. Maybe it's all of the above. But we just say yes. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn to the person beside you, and you're going to tell them, this is what God's speaking to me about. This is where I feel a conviction, and this is what I'm going to do as a result. Are you ready? Turn and talk. Go. Go.